Welcome back to the dojo, guys. What's going on? The audio might be a little tough. We are in separate locations right now. I happen to be in Utah. Trent's still in dirty Dallas. Um, but how are we doing, buddy? I'm great, bro. Happy late birthday. I hope you enjoyed it over there in Utah. How is it over there? Thanks, buddy. It's good, bro. The snow's coming down right now. You know, it's a little picturesque. Uh, it's, it's, it's a good spot to lose some coins, too. You know, I can, I can just feel it in the air. It's a good spot to get your soul sucked. Is it? A- <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, there certainly was no soul sucking last night for you because the uh, Jayhawks tucked you in nice. Yeah, I did want to talk about that a little bit. Um, I'm not going to come on here and act like a wizard because I also had the over in that game in Oklahoma State, and those might have been two of the worst bets of the night. But I have to ask you, why why TCU? I'll tell you why Kansas, because obviously it's easy to ask you in hindsight why TCU. I know you have a large contingent of guys that love to look at the lines and not so much, you know, the people on the floor or the environment. And I think a lot of the time a team like TCU will be favored at home if they're ranked against a ranked opponent because of the home environment. But when we went to that Providence game, even if that stadium was packed, dude, that's going to be, that's the weakest environment in the big 12. Oh, come and on. That's, no, I'm being so dead ass with you. That's why I took Kansas. I said it in my tweet. I said in a botted home floor, like that stadium is not something where Kansas walks in and is like, Oh shit, we feel the pressure. Yeah. Like a, a freshman dropped 20 points. Freshmen don't drop 20 points in hostile environments, even if they're the best freshman in the country. Yeah, that is, uh, you're not wrong there. Um, I, yeah, you're right. I was solely on TCU because of the line, the way that it was moving. Dude, it went to minus three before, before tip. Like right before. No, it went tip. to minus two. No, it went, it, dude, it closed at minus three. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was minus 180 on the money line right before tip-off. Like, I'm talking five minutes before, uh, which had me feeling great about the bet that I had placed on the minus 120 money line went to minus 180. Usually when that happens, it goes our way. Um, But deep down, if I were to just not talk to anybody the minute I woke up yesterday, I could have said TCU was not going to win this game. But based on all the factors, the line movement, the home field, home court advantage. I was like, okay, the Lions probably like this for a reason. TCU is going to steal another game from Kansas. But uh, then I did a TikTok live yesterday, and I was pulling people up in the queue like old times. I did a couple people. And some guy was like, I'm going to tell you right now, Kansas is winning this game, and here's why. And I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. And he sold oh the shit out of it. He was like, Bill Self hasn't lost a, uh, the same opponent twice in the same season since blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, Kansas outmatches TCU in every way on the floor. Just like sold the shit out of it. I'm like, yep, Kansas win this fucking game. I felt I did not feel good about my back going into that, but I had to buy in, lost four units. Yeah, I mean, also make sure you guys share the pod with a friend. Um, but I have to say lately, I've been kind of putting away the lines and it was because Krabs, Krabs and I were talking about a game. It was Kentucky-Tennessee. And I woke up and I loved Kentucky at plus chicken at home. And I was like, I don't – like, Kentucky's really starting to play well. And Tennessee's kind of on a skid. And in college basketball, when you start skidding, you skid really, really bad. Oh, yeah. Because of the reason I'm going to tell you. And it was something that Krabs said to me that I've always thought about, but I've never had someone say it to me. And I was like, dude, I really love Kentucky. Uh, I think I'm going to take Kentucky. And I was like, the line seems really weird. It's a short, it's a short plus chicken money line, but it was, it was plus chicken money line on Kentucky at home. 
I was like, Rupp Arena, the number one team in the country, is coming in Tennessee. I was like, I love Kentucky to beat them because Kentucky's finally starting to play well. They have a bunch of transfers, a bunch of freshmen. You knew it was going to take time to mold. They're finally starting to mold. And Crab texted me, and he was like, yeah, I mean, you never know. They're kids. <laughs> and I think that's what, like, is lost. Line movement, I think, matters in the NFL. I think it matters in the NBA. I think it matters in the NHL. I don't think it means anything in college football, and I don't think it means anything in college basketball, genuinely. I think it comes down to if they're at home, how they played in their last five, and the matchups. Because these are college kids at the end of the day. For example, there's a game today on today's slate. I'm going to either look like an idiot or a dumbass. Texas A&M is playing Tennessee at home. Tennessee still ranked top five, I believe. Texas A&M I don't think is ranked yet, but Texas A&M is a favorite at home. Tennessee is now on a two-game losing streak, still playing away from their own house. They're probably going to get smoked by Texas A&M today. I'm going to be all over Texas A&M. Okay. Texas A&M on paper is the worst team. But Texas A&M in their last five is hitting a stride where they have beat every team that's been better than them, and they're at home. Yeah. Tennessee has lost their past two to teams that they probably should beat and that they've been favorites to. And what's the spread? The spread, I think, is minus one and a half, two right now. Wow. But Texas A&M is the favorite, so you could get Tennessee at plus chicken. But see, but that, like line that, makes, that line makes no sense. Neither does TCU. Kansas should no, be a favorite. Kansas is on like a five-game win streak. But you're saying you're taking A&M. Yes, because of the exact reason why I, would, why I took Kansas. Because TCU's home floor isn't an advantage, and Kansas has been – like Kansas is now a Final Four contender the way they've been playing. No, for sure. So I'll take that plus chicken. Tennessee, I think, just got exposed two games in a row. Oh, so you're so I'm not taking gonna risk No, I'm taking Texas A&M. But that line is fishy. You took the plus chicky last night with the better team, and you're not taking the plus chicky with a better team here. No, Texas A&M is the better team right now. You think so? So I'm going to take the favorite better team. Yeah, dude, Tennessee's getting exposed left and right. Okay. They're not a good team. And I also love, I think it's Tyrese Radford tonight to go over his points because he's going to be guarded by Viscovi, who's like a 5'9 European kid, and Radford is like 6'2", just like bucket getter. Yeah, you're kind of in your bag right now. I'm just going to let you keep going. Um, (laughs) You say... Well, no, I mean, this episode's going to air after the game, so either I'm going to look like an idiot or like someone's getting a look into how I look at games. For sure. No, it's super interesting. I will admit you're way better at college people than I am. You bet a lot different than some of the guys I listen to uh, bet, like Krabs, of course. I will disagree that uh, about your opinion where the lines don't necessarily matter, but I will say it's important to keep in mind of the situation that's happening on the court, whereas not so much focusing off the court before the game, you know, yeah, which no, is what you pride in for sure. So I respect that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, on Saturday, you know, the, it comes rarely, but on Saturday, I felt like I've never seen a board more clear. <laughs> And I did clean sweep, but it was yeah. because, like, for example, I think it was Texas A&M going into Mizzou. And Texas A&M was plus two going into Mizzou. Because we have Nick on our team, who is a massive Mizzou guy, he's been telling me the past three days that one of Mizzou's best players sat out last game. His Instagram stories have been weird. Mizzou is still the favorite. I put $100 on Texas A&M plus two going into, going into Mizzou, which has been – impossible to play in this year because clearly there's locker room problems. Mizzou lost by like 30. Wow. So like the, like that's what I'm saying. The lines matter. If you want to just like glance at them, 
but we're like, these are kids. They're 18 to 21 year olds. They're not yeah. professionals that are getting paid to do this. Like they're, I mean, we talked about our first episode. They're still probably going through their first heartbreaks maybe during the season. Like one of their teammates, like it came out in, in UNC. I think it's true. I think, I think the players on UNC would just don't want to get exposed. Came out that one of the UNC guys was hooking up with one of the other guys, teammates, girlfriends. No wonder that team not even ranked and going to make the tournament. Like stuff like that matters with college kids. Um, and even like the Arkansas line against Florida, Arkansas was minus eight and a half at home. And Florida was coming there. Florida just lost Colin Castleton because he broke his wrist and Arkansas still wasn't a double digit favorite. And I saw everyone was taking Florida because they were like, it's still not 10 points. I was like, dude, you just lost your best player. Like they're going to lose by like 15 Florida lost by like 20. It's like that, like the stuff like that matters when you lose a player in college, when you lose a guy in the NBA, it doesn't matter. Cause there's like, like we've seen every time you look at a YouTube video, a TikTok, it's like, yeah, this guy's an eighth man on the magic. And he gives people at pickup games, 40 points with ease. Yeah. But in college, like when you lose a centerpiece, it matters so much more. Yeah, dude. Like it matters when you lose your sixth man, and I saw with Providence this year, Providence went on a three-game losing streak because we lost our starting point guard to now our sixth man is now a starting point guard. We don't have a sixth man. The seventh man's not as good as our sixth man. And everyone bumps up a slot, but it's college. So we lost we lost three games straight because we, we lost our starting point guard and everyone has to move up a slot. And that's so much harder in college. For so sure. like st- stuff like that, yeah. I mean, the lines matter, but I, I prefer to look, especially in college, way more outside of the lines than I would – in like football or Dude, the NBA. Virginia Tech today is favored against Miami. Yeah, like I'm gonna take Miami at plus chicken for sure. <laughs> but see that one where that one actually makes no sense. That one makes sense because if you look at the teams Virginia Tech has beat at home, it makes perfect sense. Virginia Tech has barely lost at home this year. So it doesn't matter if you're better or worse than them. I think I'm pretty sure they blew out Virginia at home or they beat Virginia at home. They did. Which they shouldn't have. Virginia is like a final four team this year. So they're looking at that being like, okay, it's almost impossible to beat Virginia Tech at home. So that's why Virginia Tech is going to be a favorite because home court advantage matters in college. Like the stadium's going to be packed. The students are going to be on the floor. Miami's a ranked team that they're going. Virginia was ranked higher when they came into Virginia Tech and lost. Miami has some really questionable away losses in the ACC. So you probably go, okay, we'll give Virginia Tech two points at home. But I'm going to take Miami because I just think Miami matches up way better against Virginia Tech. But, you know, I'll I'll probably lose my ass on that one because I just explained to you why Virginia Tech is probably going to win because, like, the home court advantage stuff matters. And, like, they, I'm almost positive they look at the teams they've beat at home. Yeah, you just said it's impossible to be VT at home, and you're betting against that. But I'm saying it's impossible to be VT at home, but I think Virginia Tech matches up. I'm only looking at the Virginia matchup because I really only think in the ACC right now it's Miami and Virginia that are the only teams that I think are good. I mean, yeah. dude fucking sucks. So when I look at the way Virginia matches up with Miami, I think Miami's matchup for Virginia Tech is more favorable than Virginia's matchup against Virginia Tech. Miami has long guards that score and a really good point guard, whereas Virginia really only has – big men and one point guard that kind of like facilitates Virginia tech has like two really good small forwards, a really good power forward and like scores. That's what Miami does best. So it's like, you know, it's going to be, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I might even like the over in that game, but I, I like my, I like the way Miami matches up better than if I took Virginia against Virginia tech for sure. 
Okay, fair enough, fair enough. But there's also another weird game on today's slate that I wanted to talk about a little bit because all this is going to be aired after, so either uh, I'm going to look like an idiot or but at least they'll, they'll get an idea of how I look at the game and then see if it's yeah, no, it's like super Baylor Baylor's favored going into Kansas State tonight, which I think is wild. But then you start looking at it and you'll be like, okay, maybe it's not that wild. They're both 20 and 7. Baylor's a 9 in the country, Kansas State's a 14 in the country. Immediately in your head, you want to go I'll just take Kansas State with the insurance. I mean, they seem like a pick them, right? Kansas State is on a dirty slide right now. They lost at Texas Tech, who's atrocious, but oh, it's really shit. hard to play in Lubbock. Really hard to play in Lubbock, though, so I'll give them that. But they're bad. They lost at OU, who's atrocious. They're bad. It's not even that hard to play at OU this year. And then they just squeaked out a win against Iowa State at home. And Iowa mm. State is terrible on the road. Iowa State might be the worst team in the Big 12 on the road I think the Big 12 has ever seen. And they squeaked it out, beat them by seven, but it was like, it was a sus seven. It was like yeah, a three-point yeah, yeah. game, and then you got fouled at the end of the game. So, like, that makes me want to nuke Baylor. Even though Kansas State is my favorite to win the tourney. Like, if I was going to put money on a team at really big odds, I love Kansas State. But, like, even that game, like, you think that spread is weird, but you start looking at it, it's not that weird because one team is on a skid – and Baylor has just been consistent. I mean, I think Baylor's only loss was their in their last five was literally last game. And I think, yeah, it was to Kansas. And it was at Kansas. And they lost by 16. And now they're coming into Kansas State favorite. So it's like, I don't know what I'm going to do with that game. But if I were looking at it right now, I, I might take Baylor. I'm probably going to take Kansas State because they might have got back on track against Iowa. No, I feel like it's got to be Baylor. I kind of love hearing you in your bag right now, bro. You're cracked out. You're breaking the. You're capping the game well. It's a different perspective from what I hear most of the time, which is like the sharp side line movement, like narratives on the floor. You know, narratives in the locker room. Narratives in the last five is a huge part of capping a game more than what's going on in Vegas. Yeah, well, I think that's why. Like, well, you know, I feel like just a, like a little microscope into the way I grew up. I grew up in a college basketball household. I mean, yeah, I had, uh, my family had season tickets to Seton Hall. I didn't miss a game from when I was six years old to when I was 18 before I went to college. Didn't miss a home game. So it's like I grew up around just constant college basketball. We were, we were friends with some of the coaches. So, you know, I did, I got to, I got to interview Kevin Willard. I got to interview Shaheen Holloway. Um, I've been able to talk to like the Ed Cooleys and stuff. And, you know, when you, when you talk to them, it's like, I remember I was talking to Kevin Willard once um, and he was telling me that him and Ed Cooley before a Providence game went out to dinner and they told each other exactly what they were going to do. He was like, Kevin was like, this is my game plan. And Ed was like, yeah, this is my game plan. Like I'm coming to stop Isaiah Whitehead. And Kevin Willard was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to let kid. I'm not going to let, um, um, what, what was his name? Shit. He was our, he was our point guard from Compton. He was a lefty. I don't know. It, it'll come to me, but, but Kevin was like, yeah, I'm not going to let him like get any open shots. Like our whole thing is going to be, if you guys set a high screen, like we're bringing him out. And I was like, do you guys do that all the time? And then in the big East, it's different because the coaches in the big East are really tight. Um, but like, that's something that they did before like every game. Like yeah. the coaches do where it's like they sat down and they were like, yeah, I mean, this is how I'm looking at you guys tomorrow. And Kevin Willard was like, yeah, well, this is how I'm looking at you guys tomorrow. So it's like when you think about it like that and then you try to bring the lines into it, that's why I don't love looking at the lines that much in college basketball. I'd rather 
lose or die on like looking at, you know, the matchups, who's on the floor and then like the coaching too, right? Like that Nebraska game, when I start looking at it again, that Nebraska Maryland game, when I start looking at it again, immediately I want to go Maryland minus four and a half against a really bad Nebraska team. Mm-hmm. But when I, but when I look at Kevin Willard's history, having grown up watching Kevin Willard, the blueprint was to nuke Nebraska money line. Cause Kevin Willard would do that all the time at Seton Hall. He would bring like how he brought Purdue into their house at the number one seed and smoked them, smoked them. He would do that at Seton Hall. He'd bring Villanova into the Prudential center, beat them by like eight. And you'd be like, Oh my God, like this guy's a genie. And then he'd yeah. go to DePaul and he'd lose by 12. Yeah. And it was like the blueprint was there. He did it every year. He never is really that. I mean, he's one of my favorite coaches. I think he's one of the best coaches in the country, but that's like the Kevin Willard blueprint. He beats a really good team. And then for some reason, the next game against a really bad team, they always get cracked. Yeah. And it was like watching that game. I was talking to my, I had a conversation with my dad about it. I was like, the formula was there. He beat the number one team in the country. He was always going to lose to Nebraska. the worst team in the big 10. Yeah. That has one good guard. I was like, he was always going to lose to Nebraska. So it's like stuff like that matters too. Like looking at like coaching and stuff like that. Like even after this, I'll stop talking and we can talk about something else. But even when you look at teams like Syracuse, like when I bet against Syracuse, I try to look at who's really good against a two, three zone. Cause Jim Beheim is ancient and he refuses to change. So if you can attack a two, three zone, you're going to beat Syracuse by a million points. Mm-hmm. So it's like stuff like that. Even you, you gotta like historically with coaches, if you know, like how they, you know, how they, uh, they, cause a lot of college coaches don't change. They might change schools, but they don't change like their philosophies at all. Mm-hmm. So like even stuff like that, like, but yeah. I don't like betting against Syracuse because the two, three zone is pretty hard to beat the way Jim Beheim does it. But. I swear minus four road favorites are an absolute curse as well. I've actually stayed away from those for the last like two seasons. Yeah. Can we talk about that? I want you to explain that to the people. Cause I agree. Yeah. No, that any spread, team that's- cause that spread is so, cause that spread is so misleading. It's so misleading. So misleading. Um, yeah, but yeah, minus waiting. four road favorites, I swear they lose outright more often than they do win or cover. Um, so I've learned to, I've learned this like two years ago to just not take, not even touch that game, or at least just don't squeak the money line favorite in a parlay thinking it's free because it's definitely not. No, yeah. And I think like to that, like minus four, I feel like you think like this is why I don't look at the line, like, or why I rarely look at the lines like first. Because minus four and a half, when you look at that, you almost feel safe taking that. Like, you're like, oh, that's a safe money line piece. But then you watch a college basketball game, a four-point lead is the most dangerous lead you can have. It's a three, a stop, and you're down one if they get a layup. Like, yeah. it, is, it can evaporate like that. But when you look at it, you'd be like, oh, four and a half points. Like, they're a four and a half point favorite. I'm looking for a five-point win. Like, yeah. that should be air. Do you know that how many times? Fluke shares. When we were watching that Maryland game, do you know how many times Nebraska was up four, then Maryland yeah. went up three, then Nebraska went up two? It's like, dude, if you're in that five-point range, you could lose your soul if there's a minute left in that game. Oh, like That lead goes away like crazy, dude. I know. Yeah. Like crazy. Um, so I stay away from that shit. But like TCU last night, bro, I, just, I knew going into that game that was a don't know. Uh, they looked good. They had the lead there for a bit, and then they just kind of fell off. They couldn't make a shot toward down the stretch. It's pissing me off. I was also confused too. Like the, games like that kind of piss me off as well. Not piss me off, but it's like Mike Miles. Where are you, dude? 
because I put Mike Miles in my prize picks. So I was like, Kansas wins, but if Kansas doesn't win, I'm going to take insurance and put Mike Miles in a prize picks because if T- the only way TCU wins is if Mike Miles scores 20 plus points. Yeah. Mike Miles, you can't have 12 points at home against Kansas. What was his line? It was 18 and a half. Jeebus. But you know what I mean? Like, you can't, like, if you want to be, like, if you want that home arena to mean something, your best player can't score 12 points against a rival in the Big 12. Like, That's you funny can't. you did that because I did the same thing. I had my TCU bet with uh, Grady Dick over threes because I was like, oh, he's going to be splooching. Uh, dude, he was cashing it. Yeah, he's, he hit three threes. His line was at two. Dude, I hit a freaking six-legger last night. No way. Yeah, 400 to win 10K. So you're, you're sitting here up 10 racks. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, we're going to check back in the next episode see how quickly that went away. <laughs> no, wait, oh, wait, wait, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. What the six-legger was, bro. Dude, I don't know how to, like, take a screenshot on my PC, but where's my phone at? We got my phone. All right, yeah, I'll I'll monologue while you do that. Just so for everyone in the chat or for everyone in um in the in the comments and listening, Trent every day his goal is to hit a six legger. Nothing else matters in his life. All he cares about is hitting a six legger. He wakes up every day, and I think his first tweet of the day is, "Today I'm hitting a super ghost because the super ghost is a six legger." I cannot believe we're sitting here and he hit a six legger, dude. And it's of course like something about my jacuzzi. Or the jacuzzi in the backyard. When I cook, I've hit. I've the only six leggers I've ever hit have come out of the jacuzzi. All right. Well, that, maybe get in the jacuzzi. <laughs> that ass, bro. Uh, so let me show you. Yeah, I was see. so bricked up. For those of you um, listening, he's about to pull it up. On the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's pulling it up. Um, oh, oops, all right. Oops, it's, oops, inception. Oops. it's Inception. It's Inception. It's Inception. <laughs> The recording within a recording. Looky there. Yeah. Wow. I know. All overs too. All overs. How gorgeous. Ew, dude, I could. I'm going to be honest with you, though. If you sent me this and said it was going to hit, I would have never placed it because I can't do SOGs anymore. <laughs> You're retiring from SOGs. Oh, also, yeah. We're going to talk about this in a second, but I just had to say this on the podcast. I just wanted to give a shout out to Chell God, to Chelly, because he posted on his story a birthday prize fix entry two teamer of Chell and it full faded. So appreciate you for that, dude. Dude, it was always Michael Backlund on your birthday. <laughs> it always was. All right, walk me through this from Grady Dick down to the bottom. So Grady Dick was Javon's play um, okay, on his it. card, and I liked it because I was on TCU, and if they were going to lose, it's going to be probably because he's splashing threes. Zion, this dude on UC Riverside, uh, two free throws with a minute left in the game to go over to tuck me in last night. Yeah. And he made them both? He made them both. Legacies. <laughs> Up 30 points, dude. I thought he was pulled. I'm sitting there refreshing the score app, and I see he gets fouled. I'm like, no way. Uh, and this was from Sports Betting Ryan on the Surgical Stream. Shout out, SBR. Okay. Some dude in my chat yesterday was spamming. A Trocheck goal. Like, literally, he wouldn't stop. The whole stream, three hours straight, Trocheck's going to score. Trocheck's going to score. And so I'm like, okay, this dude's so confident. Like, fuck it, I'll throw it in here. Um, and he had eight SOGs. Dude, I was about to say, he's got, he'd had eight. Yeah, he, and he scored. <laughs> <laughs> so W's there. Um, Anders Lee 
he is a not a friend of the program. He sold Shelly out of his fucking nuke that one time. But someone on the surgical stream gave it out, and I needed the Penguins. So I was like, if they're going to lose, it's probably because Anders Lee is going to rip. And he also scored. Um, wow. Sidney Crosby, I needed the Penguins really badly. Um, my dog on Twitter, Top Cheddar, had him on his little cheat sheet. So I was like, okay, let's put him in there. And then Fruity, last leg, Kyle Connor. He needed Kyle Connor to tuck him in uh, for the last leg of his six-legger. So I was like, all right, I'll go down and piss with Fruity if Kyle Connor doesn't hit. So I threw him in there. And he, and he, and he all, dude, every single one scored except Sidney Crosby, I think. Yeah. And, dude, I'm going to be honest. These all seem like guys that would have been like, I'm good. Yeah. Like Sidney Crosby, I've been told to never take his SOG. Yeah, no, he's like a Trevor Zegers, bro. Yeah, dude. I never take Sidney Crosby. Wow, uh, so we're sitting here on the back of a six-leg hit. How do you feel? Uh, fantastic. So bricked up. Uh, feels great. Finally saw one go through the basket. Too bad I didn't post it, so nobody nobody gives a fuck. But um, it feels good to see one just go through. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you got to see one go through the basket to be able to attack the next day. Dude, my girl, uh, Girly Betts, you familiar? I've shown mm-hmm. you her guys. She's was doing a ladder challenge, um, but with way bigger units. Like instead of starting with ten, she started with like five hundred and kept rolling it over. Um, and she got to seven thousand dollars straight bet and put it all on the penguins. And they're up the whole game. Two to one. Four minutes left. Islanders tie it. Two minutes left. Islanders take the lead. GG's. Blue balls the whole game. It's piss. Piss. Yeah. That Dude, the Penguins and TCU were the biggest square plays yesterday, and they both fucking sold. Dude, I think that's got to be that's worse, so than losing a, worse than losing a family member is when you have a bet that is leading the whole game, and in the fourth yeah. quarter, third period, second half, it loses in the last minute. Because you're sitting there the whole time. It's already cashed. I do that in my head all the time. It's already cashed in my head. I'm already like, oh. all right, well, like, especially because I like to keep track of like my record in my head of the day. I'll be like, all right, so that's two and one. That's two and one because Kansas already won. There's like three minutes left. I'm like, okay, that's that's one and two. Kansas, <laughs> okay, that's huge. I'm like, I'm already cashing it in my head. Like, I'm like, yeah. I'm gonna be up twenty five bucks because Kansas won, but there's like still three minutes left in the game, dude. That is the worst feeling ever. 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 I had already moved on too. I was already like, get me, get me ready for the TCU game so I can get tucked in. Nah. And then sometimes you make the mistake of you were like, all right, now we got to deploy because that already hit. So when that hits the account, like I already gonna, I'm, I'm going to be up double money because I'm going to start deploying now because that's already in the bank account. Yep. <laughs> Dude, she must have been, did you call her? Like, or did I, you, did I messaged her. I said, are you okay? And she goes, yeah. It, it, everything just made sense about the play. I could just charge it to the game, but definitely hurt. Wow, being able to just charge it to the game on a seven grand yeah, trade bet is psycho. No, I'd want someone's head. Yeah, she was on like day five. I think she was going for like a hundred k. Um, but damn, piss, dude! A seven k straight bet on the pens. Were they at home? Indeed, they were. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, <laughs> But we did, so we're on the all-star break, NBA right now. Just want to bring this up. Um, mm-hmm. The NBA Goat Whale, fully updated right now. And Ja Morant, 
as we expected, is the only one selling. He has. Wait, can seven, you pull it up? Uh, yeah. I, I kind of want to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to like screenshot it and then send it to Twitter DM and then I'll pull it up. Okay, while, while you're doing that, I got, I got two or three DMs after last episode from people from Memphis. Very upset that we are out on the Grizzlies. No way. One girl said, um, you need to change your mind on the Grizzlies. And I said, I will not. There was one guy that said, um, oh, what do you say? It was like, it was the funniest. It was like, word for it. He was like, he was like, you know, the Grizzlies are good. That was the only thing he said in the DM. He was like, you know, the Grizzlies are good. And then another guy said, why are you hating on John Morant? <laughs> Here's why. Here's your answer. Here's your answer. Uh, Mr. I'm good in the West, John Morant is the only Gabby that's not green. Wow, Look at this, dude, this S- was so surgical. So surgical. SGA, not even worried about it. Josh Giddy is uh, really stepping it up lately. Not too worried about him. His average now in prize picks, when it, when they put his lines up, they're like 18 and a half, which is a great sign. Um, Ingram with no Zion is massive. I would be Even when Zion comes back, I wouldn't even be worried. Yeah, he's starting to pick it up. I'm really glad he was able to turn green before the break. And then with the D-Lo trade to the Lakers is huge for Anthony Edwards. Massive. Dude, I think Anthony Edwards is going to finish the year averaging like 28. Yeah, he might. He might. He might be up there with SGA, the way he's been Dude, playing. SGA was a gift. A gift from the gods. That was a gift at 23 and a half, dude. <laughs> Jaw was not anything close to a gift. That's a very high total. I know. Dude, I don't Hello. know. I have to ask you. It's always hindsight, and I hate being the hindsight guy because I hate hindsight people. But you're picking, like, really great averages for really great guys that are low. 27 and a half feels so high. I know. I don't know what – dude, we'll also keep in mind I cooked this up with, I think, seven minutes left before I could uh, – Oh, that's it. why you take jaw. Yeah, and go. I was like, "Who are my goats on the year?" Like, I knew, I knew Ingram. I was going to take him to win MVP actually before the season started because I thought he was the next coming of Durant. I mean, he's definitely having numbers, but uh, he missed way too much time and definitely not playing MVP caliber. Definitely was going to put SGA in there. I thought Giddy for sure was going to chalk it. Uh, Anthony Edwards, Giddy was, Giddy was sharp as shit. Giddy was I would so have thought Giddy's gonna average ten points. Yeah, me too, honestly. Um, now that the season has started again, it's like the hindsight guy. Fourteen and a half was free the way they play because when you think about it, he's the second option. All he needs is fifteen points a game for you to get that. Like that was air. Yeah, yeah, and SGA has not been going over his his total points number like on the on a game to game basis. Because they've been playing such better team ball. Dude, they have a square up for the NBA second half futures, which I'll show you what we ended up placing. Um, well, I was about to tell you what I placed for that because oh, I, I, made a, I, made a, I made a sneak new presented by prize picks for the second half of the NBA season. I would love to hear it. That I think you're going to despise. Let's hear it. I'll, show, I'll pull up mine while you tell us. Paul George, more than 13 and a half, 20 plus point games. Okay. And R.J. Barrett, more than eight and a half, twenty-plus point games, one fifty to pay four fifty. Yeah, I kind of despise it. 
It's going to smack in the chops. I kind of despise that. Smack in the chops. Oh, here we go, dude. I mean, I'm already out. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, 30 balls, bro. He's soaring over 15 and a half. All he does is drop 30. Jokic trip dubs. Uh, that's also all he does. A little scared about the games that he's going to play in terms of like him already clinching a you know, postseason spot and shit and sending out games. Luka double-doubles. The Mavs are you know, going to be playing for seeding, so he's probably going to be playing most of the games despite injury. Uh, but double-doubles, Luka is a double-double machine. And Tatum 40 balls. Dude just dropped 50 in the fucking All-Star game. You don't think he's dropping 340 balls? I was about to say the 40 ball, Tatum. There's one square in here that just made me open prize picks and place another one. Because Luca, oh, more than ten and a half double doubles might be the freest shit I've ever seen, dude. Did that? Uh, did it get bombed by chance? It did not. It's still damn it. damn it, dude. We were cooking this up at two in the morning on on a night sweats, and we were gonna make it five legs because goat whale should always be five legs, and we have Anthony Davis rebound uh, over ten rebound games, and we're about to submit it, bro. And it gets bumped by four games. Four. No way. Yeah. It went from 12 and a half to 16 and a half. Wow. I know. So we're like, holy shit. So we're looking for another leg. And we were debating Damian Lillard 40 balls. And we couldn't decide whether or not to do it. And so we're sitting and like bitching back and forth. And all of a sudden that got bumped two games. So we're like, fuck it. Just leave Wait, it. Let's, just, let's see if anyone else got bumped for you right now. I would be, I'd actually be very interested to see. Embiid for Same thing for Embiid. Tatum is still a two and a half. I'm only, I was really only interested in Jokic. I feel like that could get bumped. No, it didn't get bumped. It didn't yeah, get bumped. Yeah, GG. Um, I did last thing I wanted to talk about because we already kind of already almost had 40, uh, 40 minutes. Um, last thing I wanted to talk about, dude, was. The Mavs might just do it this year. Do what? Make the playoffs? They might win it all. No, they're not, dude. I don't know if you saw the chemistry that Kyrie and Luka have been building. Obviously, everyone blew up the clip of LeBron dapping up Kyrie and Luka in the background and like fucking pissed. But Luka and Kyrie were fooling around on the bench of the All-Star game. And I'm just going to say it. I've never seen Kyrie or Luca fool around. And if those two are clicking, dude, you only need two. Yeah, they're not winning the fucking finals, bro. Move on. They're not on. they're not winning the finals, bro. They're not getting through Come the bosses. As you think you think it's the Celtics? No way, dude. That team nope. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Bro, Tatum is him. Luca is him. Tatum is Tatum is leading the way. I don't even think they make it to the finals, bro. The match well, is much harder. Yeah, for sure. There might oh, be dude, again, again, dude. You called perfectly where the free agent was going. Oh yeah, I fucking called that to a T. Like, how did you know Russ was going to the fucking Clippers? Yeah, I could just see it. I thought it made sense, and I said Durant was going to the Suns. I know that's what, that's why I said you called the free agent. So why? All right. Last two things. One, I think you and I should make a second half NBA season for prize picks at the end of this. 
So start thinking of a leg that you like. But then you're going to tell me why you like that fit on the Clippers because I hate that fit. Why do I like Westbrook on the Clippers? Um, I don't know. It just made sense. It felt like I know Russ wasn't going to go to a team and just fucking, you know, be a part of a rebuild or not make a run in the postseason. That was a given. Like, there's no shot that's happening. So came down to a couple of different teams. And when I looked at the options, I was just like, yeah, I feel like the Clippers need that kind of guy um, to lead the charge when Kawhi and PG are not on the floor. PG and Russ have already played a whole season together in OKC. Didn't work out as we all thought, but uh, they definitely worked well together, I would say. Uh, PG's a much better shooter. Russ is a much better ball facilitator. Um, taking some of the load off those two guys and having playmakers on the floor when they're not on it. Uh, I just thought it made sense. You know, I, mean, I don't hate it. I, yeah. I mean, I hate it, but I don't hate it because Russ can't score. No, yeah. He's, he's a much, I just hope he learns his role as a primary ball facilitator and not a scorer. A facilitator. Yeah. All right. I mean, listen, I don't, I, I, not something that I was like made a lot of sense in my head, but. I mean, now that you explain it, I, I didn't remember the Paul George connection, but that actually, that moves the needle for me a little bit, I'll be yeah, honest. Yeah, no, they've played, uh, PG, we pulled off that trade, and I mean, they had a good season, they made the playoffs, they weren't, you know, a top seed like I thought they would be when we made that trade with Carmelo Anthony as well, but mm -hmm. no, they're reunited, I think Russ is excited, Russ wanted to get out of LA, and speaking of the Lakers, because, I mean... There was so much to blame, and for some reason, he was getting all of the blame, even though it was a lot of other reasons for sure. But it's a new start for him. I'm excited for him. I love Westbrook, so I'm excited to see what he does for the Clips. I'm interested to see. That's a really good point. I think maybe not next episode, but the next Monday episode. We if uh, When does the NBA come back? Thursday. Thursday, okay. We should really track – what the press is about the Lakers if they start losing again. Yeah. Just to see what happens, right? Because, I mean, Russ could be right. He could be like, dude, I was like the opposite of the problem. But you never know, right? Like if the Lakers come back and they start winning every game, we're going to be like, I might have been. Yeah. But I'm, I'm interested to see what happens if they start losing again because the Lakers still don't have a complete team, dude. They're still fucking shambles. Yeah. Um, dude, all I right. think they took off. I think they – oh, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Bro, interesting. They added a new category of basically the NBA Goat Whales for the season average, uh, but with just updated numbers. Wow, they have John Morant. Oh, my God, bro. They have them averaging 27.3. So, Wait, basically, I can, hedge out of, I can hedge out of the Goat Whale. Oh, NBA season, they do. Do you want to do that, a point per game Goat Whale? For the second half of the season for TFM, or do you want to do the second half of the season? No, second half, guys. Here. All right, let's do that. I like that better anyway. All right, do you want to do four legs and we each pick two? Yeah. I kind of want Luca double-double then. Okay, that's fine. I'll double down. Or do you know? Do you not want to double down? Should we do like his 30-point games at 15 and a half? Yeah. All right, let's do that. All right, let me look. You said 30 or 30 point games for Luca, 15 and a half. Mm -hmm. 
I kind of like the 20 point game. I'm going to, I'm probably going to do a 20 point game one. Cause I kind of like that for, cause there's some guys in there that I feel like 20 points is kind of yeah. air for them. So who you like Dylan Brooks on there. That's good dude. <laughs> Is, this, is, is he up there? No way they put him up there. Yeah, 20 point games under one and a half. Should Dude, we? Like, what business does he have being up there? Should we? No, because if he gets it, I'm going to be so fucking pissed. He shambles, shambles. I hate him so much, dude. I don't even want to be like paying attention to what he does on a daily, on a daily basis. So like, I have- I'm trying to think of the guys that you guys always nuke and you're like after your stream plays where they're at like 15 points at like Franz Wagner at four and a half, 20 point games. De'Aaron I feel like Fox. you guys take him all the time and he soars. What about De'Aaron Fox? What is his at? Um, I have two thunder squares. I'll let you pick one. Hold on. I mean, I kind of like De'Aaron Fox that they have 20 point games, but I think they have him for 30 point games. Okay. What are the two thunder squares? Josh Giddy over a half triple double. Oh yes. Yeah, that's the one you're gonna end up picking because you're not gonna take SGA under ten assist games. <laughs> Never. <laughs> but he's not getting a ten assist game, just letting you know. Right. But okay, Luca over thirty point games, Josh Giddy triple double. Should we get like cheesy and do like ten plus point games and like root for like a bum? Yeah. Okay. Should we, do, should we do Ben Simmons over two and a half? Bro, no. No. All right, I'm going to read some names to you. I just want you to pick one. Bull Bull, Marcus Smart, Austin Reeves, Keegan Murray. Austin Reeves. At eight and a half? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right, what's our last one? Should we do a 40-point guy? Dame 40 balls? Dude, Kevin Durant is at one. Oh, I'm so down to ride that. You want to do that? Yeah. Ew, dude, I kind of – this is sick. Wow, they bumped it. It was at a half. All right, well, then we got to nuke it at one because you still get the push, right? Yeah, let's do that. So KD, Austin Reeves, Josh Giddy, and Luca. I'm in. Austin Reeves in there is absurd. All right, well, how much are you going to put on this? Because I'm going I'm to power play this because I actually love this. What are you thinking? Five U well? I'm thinking, dude. I really like this. Yeah, it's got to be a five U well for me. To the only one I'm nervous about is Luca. Nah, he's hitting that, bro. All right, five U well. Done. Five U well. Locked. That's done. All right, what? the sneak dude presented by Prize Six for the second half of the NBA season that you can get in right now while the iron is hot. Luka Doncic, more than 15.5, 30-plus point games. Josh Giddy more than a half triple-double, so he only needs one. Austin Reeves, more than 8.5, 10-plus point games. And Kevin Durant, more than one 40-point game. Wow. I love it. I love it. I actually love that. I literally love that. We're going to need a legacy KD outing. All right, word. Well, um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about real quick? We're almost uh, this might be our longest episode yet. Yeah, no. Um, let's just uh, keep making some coin, get through this dry spell of sports. NBA comes back later this week. Baseball's around the corner. We're about to be uh, in a great time for sports. 
Yeah, here we go. I'm, I'm I'm actually really excited for baseball. I'm excited for us to cook a goat whale at some point on yeah, these episodes. Too. Um, well, this has been another episode straight from the dojo. We appreciate you guys for listening. Make sure you share the podcast with a friend. Trent, why don't you tell them about the stream and where they can find you? Yep. Tune into the surgical stream every weekday at 2 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Central um, on the Twitch channel at Book It Sports. And you can follow all the Book It um, socials on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at Book It Sports and me at Book It with Trent. Um, and follow the rest of the game, Lauren and Shelly and Preston and um, all the other creators, Krabs as well and Javon. So tap in. Great community we've got over here. Absolutely. Make sure you follow the whole gang. You can find me everywhere at Mikey over and then on Instagram, michael.j.over. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we'll see you next time. Appreciate you guys. Be seeing.